We have a poem here. It's called Whitey on the Moon. <laughs> and uh, it was inspired, it was inspired by some whiteys on the moon. So I want to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> All right. That's it. A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night cause Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me cause Whitey's on the moon. Well, I was already giving him 50 a week, and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell, and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Hmm, Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my fill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills, air mail special. To Whitey on the moon. Whitey's on the moon. Um, yeah. They played this song during the credits of the second episode of Lovecraft Country. And uh, yeah, it was powerful. And it says a lot about the fact that men, white men and white women can have all these pursuits in this country. Meanwhile, we can't just, a lot of us can't get the basics when yeah. it comes to living the American dream out here. Yeah. So um with that said, let's get into it, into it, into it, into it. Real snob style, real snob style. We are <laughs> Kalina Michelle. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just messed that up. Sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, we're back for our second episode, Real Snobs. Um, I'm Cicely Joy, and I am joined by Kalina Michelle. Hey. Hey, good mm-hmm. evening. Good evening. <laughs> so yeah, we are going to talk um about Lovecraft Country um episode two, which is titled Whitey's on the Moon. Um yeah. and the song we just played was by Jill Scott Heron in around 1970, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um so the you know, the song is discussing poverty and everything that uh the black community is going through while during the time of the apollo um um uh project Mm -hmm. so i definitely uh i thought i thought the the song and the title is very um fitting for this episode because basically and relevant today because it's speaking on two different americas 
mm-hmm. you know, um, where people um, relating to what's going on today as people are just trying to uh, stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, other people are more concerned with, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't wear my mask in public. You know, that's that's my right. I don't have yeah. to wear my mask. And I was like, wow, two different Americas. Yeah. Uh, two total different priorities. Um, and that's um, that theme is definitely here in this episode. Yeah. This, was, I, this episode went through a lot. It did. A lot. <laughs> it did. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. I just um, wanted to um, ask you beforehand um when we ended the last episode we talked about different things that we've been watching have you Mm -hmm. been uh checking out any movies at all uh movies 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 what's the last movie i saw i yes actually um a few movies just again if they're released like on a platform like netflix or amazon prime or something like that yeah i'm usually on top of it um i know theaters i think are starting to open now i'm not yes. really sure about going to them right now personally but um i think the last movie i actually saw was uh project power on that okay. with jamie fox and joseph gordon levitt okay and are you are you a person that is really interested in going to back to the movie theaters because for me i'm more excited about the idea of drive-in movies and you know theaters with that you go to almost like a concert or something like I love that idea again but you know what that it's drive-in movies are good in theory but Mm -hmm. in actuality it's at least the one that I've gone to here in Atlanta it's not that fun Uh, well no no let me back up it is fun I Mm -hmm. just think it's not fun to go to to a brand new movie that you're really excited to see it's best to go to see a movie you kind of don't really care about or a movie you've already seen because there's a lot of distractions Mm. at the drive-in theater a lot and um every time i've gone there for a movie i was excited to see i was really disappointed because experience you know i'm one that when i go to the movies i like to focus on the movie and stuff and not focus on who has their headlights on who is blocking this owl, who is like blasting some music during the time the movie's playing and all this other stuff that happens, unfortunately. And and I want to say too, when it comes to those kinds of movie theaters, there's one in North Georgia still. I think that's only two literally left in Georgia entirely. Um, There's one in North Georgia that's better only because one of those distractions in the drive up movie theater, at least the one in Atlanta, there's all this light pollution from the city yeah, and true. you don't think how you don't think how that could really affect your movie going experience but it actually does and because of that area where atlanta's drive-in movie theater is is becoming more and more gentrified more and more people moving in you've got a whole lot more light pollution mm, yeah and honestly it gets worse when it rains because yeah. the rain is reflecting all that light pollution so it's really interesting um I'm excited about the idea that people are doing it specifically because right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, And so it helps to maintain that social distance that the CDC wants us to do. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like there's still some modern day problems when it comes to that. And so it might just be that movie theaters have to start, you know, considering more safety options. So they need a like freaking clean 
They just need That's to clean. That's the real deal because they need to stop being lazy and like <laughs> clean up in between movies. Yeah, like no, like really clean, like actually wipe down yes and things like that because they'll go through and just do a quick little sweep but them seats are always nasty the floors are always constantly sticky the handles of the seats like i can't even imagine you know and i'm sorry like i and i'm sure even if you worked for a theater when you were younger you would even be able to attest to this i didn't but i just can't trust a place run by teenagers as for them to be on top of our you know on um not sanitation, um, sanitizing. Yeah. Um, the areas and stuff. Like, I just don't, I can't trust teenagers. <laughs> I just well, can't. that's the thing. And that's really the issue when it comes to opening back up spaces to the public that historically people were there. Like, we weren't really focused on spick and span sanitization out here. But yeah. now a lot more people will be focused on it. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. yeah. I one thing I hope could happen because just as how the pandemic has uh, kind of forced businesses to rethink their um, their strategy of like allowing people to work from home more and things like that, even if they're able to now go back into the office, they're still trying to min- uh, mitigate that risk by having people still work from home. I'm hoping like maybe within the movie industry there will be a uh, influx of more drive-in theaters and maybe they will be putting more um, consideration into the, wa- the, the movie watching experience at the drive-in because they see it. Here's a popular option for people. Let's yeah. jump on, on top of this business opportunity um, and, you know, build one here in this field mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, provide people, you know, I don't know, just something like maybe they'll kind of bougie it up a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. The more the more it becomes in demand, the the more um, people can, um, it, it, there's competition. So people will want to, or businesses will want to outdo each other by creating a, a more pleasant experience. That's what I'm hoping. I know yeah. it's, it's a stretch, but I'm hoping. <laughs> All right, let's get into Lovecraft Country. Um, just so you know, we're, this is going to be tons of spoilers. We're discussing beginning to end of this episode. So if yeah. you haven't seen it, please stop listening to us, go watch it, and then come back and listen to the discussion. Yes, yes. Don't uh, Just don't ruin it for yourself. This is <laughs> so good. It really Let me is. tell you something about this episode, though. Mm-hmm. I kind of I wish that I recorded right after seeing it because I wrote notes and I wrote I'm reading my notes and I was like what the hell was I talking about like there <laughs> it was just so all over the place that I'm trying to now remember exactly what was happening in s- sequence uh-huh. and, and it's it it feels jumbled so I please forgive me if I if I sound I'm all, like I'm all over the place because there's so many references throughout the mo- the show okay um, that. You yeah. probably have a lot more um, understanding of those references than I do. Um, okay. Well, so I'll go through the what episode and then you yes. can ch- chime in with the color commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So it opens with um, all three of our um, travelers uh, in this mansion. They are in, in their individual suites and it's really lavish um, Letty wakes up and she's just going through 
all these clothes in her closet and she's happy and there's like you know they fit her perfectly. music yeah <laughs> and she finds outfits that you know fit her perfectly and so she just puts on a nice outfit and prances around um the uncle is wakes up and his room is full of books and stories and given that he is a fan of books this seems to be you know his thing you know he's really into it he's like look at this this is great um he however pulls a book from the shelf ends up in a really weird um area of the mansion and then it jumps to uh oh my god i forgot his name tick tick thank you i want to yeah. call him like arthur or something because yeah, it's, okay, it's tick, tick Atti- for short yeah atticus atticus tick for short tick does not have the same experience he's kind of paranoid in his um in his room and he's like something's not right what happened to us last night is weird what's going on they go out in yeah. the hallway and that tall blonde guy greets them and is saying hey everybody let's um you know get you guys fed and We'll go through a quick little tour of the house and they're walking through the house and he's noticing there's a picture of this, I guess the head master of the estate come to find out. Yes. Uh, What's his name? Braithwaite? Yes. Yeah. Something Braithwaite. (laughs) He's talking to Letty and an uncle and he's like, Y'all are acting, what's going on with y'all? Don't y'all remember what happened to us? Why are y'all acting like everything's fine? And they're like, what are you talking about? I woke up here. We were driving the car and we woke up here. And so that's the first strange thing that he notices. Like, you don't remember anything? And they're like, no. They're like, what about the monsters? And they're looking at him like, dude, you done lost your mind. Now, mind you, and he paints this picture because he's like, okay, so you you just happen to have all these beautiful outfits in your room that perfect uh, perfectly fits you huh and then you wake up with all the books that of your interest uh, at your arsenal yeah like you don't see this as strange and i i was glad that he was pointing this out because during this time i was frustrated like why aren't questions being asked like who the hell are you why are we here why are you being nice especially since their experience around uh, white people have been the exact opposite right for the past couple of days yeah where you know where are the answer so i'm glad that you know he's he's with me on that yeah (laughs) and then um after their breakfast he decides they all decide they want to go to the town they ask the guy like hey so what's going on around here can we go to the the local town and just you know look around because we're here to look for tick is saying hey we're here to look for my father do you know where he is and he says, well, um, there's a woman, that that woman that we talked about in the first episode, um, she's not here yet. She'll be here this evening. Um, we'll let you know where he is, but you'll have to wait until dinner. And we're having people over, guests over. So, you know, when dinner happens, come to dinner, everything will be revealed. And so they yeah. decide to go into town and... The first thing they noticed, and second thing they noticed that's weird is that the car is not totaled anymore because in the last episode, they actually walked 
to that estate and then they go past the garage and they see all these cars, but then they happen to see a completely brand new, completely done vehicle that they were well, traveling in. Mostly brand new. The the back window was still busted out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And there then was he that. did, and say there was a little blood. blood. Yeah, in the front that he cleaned up. But for the most part, it did not look like a car that just crashed through a cabin. Right. And so they said, okay, that's weird as hell. And then the butler dude, I, I'm going to call him the butler dude, <laughs> he literally appears out of nowhere and hands him the keys. And they say, you know what? We'll just, we'll take care of this later. Let's just go into town. So they walk on foot again to the local town. And it looks like a little village and people have their houses. A creepy and- village <laughs> with this wicker little maypole type person that the kids are dancing around. Yeah, like, notice that. See these things and think creepy. Yeah, it was very like you know, um, Midsommar type ish. Yes, very, very, very um, old school, like in the woods villa kind Mm. of thing. The whole Um, thing reminded me of Get Out, the movie Get Out. So that was a nod to Jordan Peele right there because he 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 does a great job of of turning racism into horror. <laughs> yeah, it was the tension of everybody there looking like they were in in place and they they had a place there in that villa and they looked like they were sticking out like a sore thumb. And not only that, they were literally the only black people in the entire town. Yeah. Which was weird. Um and then in the middle of this villa, there's this tall stone tower. And the uncle literally says that's where they're keeping your dad and he said why how do you know that he said literally this it's a tower like from the old days that's where they keep you know they used to keep prisoners in towers like that oh and back up because i and uh forgive me if i miss this because they did ask about his father when they were in the house yeah and the guy just said something like that he was away that he went away with uh someone that girl i can't remember yeah mm-hmm. um and then like so he basically is just buying them time not giving them answers right and when they try to go into this tower they're met by this you know white woman who's loaded with a shotgun and two rottweilers i think and they're it reminds you of you know bet when you see the old footage of a lot of the original freedom fighters and fighting those dogs and dogs being mm-hmm. you know let loose on them yeah as soon as they see the dogs the dogs start barking at them like crazy like they're trying to get at them and she has a lot of control over these dogs she tells them to calm down and they try to interrogate her about who's what's in the tower what's going on and she says something smart calling them saying how oh no this isn't we don't keep people in here like we hunt black bears which is basically oh, her yeah. talking about how they don't like seeing black people around and yeah it was a lot of um innuendos about like yeah they they need to know their place or they're gonna get you know they're gonna be hunted and will always win or something like you know it was yeah. obvious what she was talking about <laughs> and she lets them in and it's like a meat seller meat storage seller and you know nothing's going on um so they're like, fine, let's just get back. And she says, hey, once again, this is get back before sundown. You don't want to miss dinner. And they, once again, the reference to sundown, right? Mm-hmm. So they start walking. Um, George has a little more haste in his step than uh, Luddy and the uncle. But the uncle is still thinking because he's like, you know, 
there's there's something I'm I'm noticing is a little weird, but he's like, we need to get out of here. So while they're walking, and what do they do? They go through the woods. I mean, again at uh, close to night. Come on now. That's what I I'm know saying. They, they don't remember what happened, but Tick does. Yeah, Tick does. <laughs> so- and I was surprised that they were just walking through the woods literally at night. And once again, what happens? Those creatures come out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, try to get them and all that. But then that whistle, that whistle again happens. And now this is where I, I needed to watch it again and I didn't. But do, is it the white, the white girl that shows up? Yeah. Like the, so it's, yeah, it's the woman the, that was following the... them when they were driving to the sundown towns. Mm-hmm. She shows up. Yeah, and, so she was the one with the whistle, yes. I believe. And she escorts them back to the estate. And yeah. she uh, brings Tick to this cellar or whatever, like this operating room in the house and tells the other two guests to go back to their room, right? Mm-hmm. So when he's down there with her, you see a hooded guy operating open air on this you know, middle-aged, somewhat handsome, ice blonde guy, literally looking like without anesthesia or something. Like he's yeah. in his abdomen and he takes Pulling out, out his, lev- his yeah, liver. Yeah, piece of his liver. And then he just sews him back up, and the guy sits up and looks at Tick like he knows who Tick is. Um, asks him about what he knows about Adam and Eve and the garden and interrogating him about this weird stuff and uh tick is like uh okay i don't know what the fuck you're talking about why are why am i here where's my dad i need answers it's nighttime now and he's like look just come out to dinner whatever right but okay but gotta create this mood because um this guy is played by the dude from scandal tony goldwyn who played the president on scandal scandal so his character is one of the braithwites like you know his his ancient grand whatever great whatever is the one that probably built the manor mm-hmm. and I, I think it was at that time either at that time or right after when the uncle was talking about it they were explaining the order that he's a part of i can't remember what the order's called but their their purpose or the purpose of the their ancestor of wanting to um get back to that garden of garden of eden because they're the sons of adam Yes, Is that what they're called? sons yeah. of Adam. It's yeah, it's a weird society. You find out too, and the the um, you find out that that blonde woman who was following them is his daughter, mm-hmm. and she is alluding to the fact that she is kind of his. He's she's his heir, but not really. Well, and- she is, but only. Only males can are, have rights, I guess, as are a part of the order because yeah. women can't be a part of it. They see Eve as, you know, basically that um, them the up. world was perfect when it was just Adam, and when in um, the creation of Eve basically ruined it. And so they're trying to get back to this paradise. And so women, you know, very misogynistic type <laughs> society, yeah. um, are not um, really invited or a part of this, even though she obviously kind of believes uh, the same as her father or as a part of um, his mission. Yeah. And meanwhile, all of this is happening with Tick. Uh, His uncle and Letty are in their rooms and you find 
at first that Letty is just kind of in her room and talking to Tick about what's going on and how she's feeling about things. And then uh, she recalls her childhood and kind of being a loner and her mom going missing one day and not coming home and this, that. And it becomes, you know, like almost like the fruition of their sexual tension from earlier. And they start mm-hmm. making out and it gets really heavy. And and it's confusing as fuck because you're like, uh, where did this come from? Yeah, you're <laughs> like, I didn't, I, you didn't really think Tick was going to be that forward with her. Um, yeah. And also... On, in the in the same time, Uncle George is in his room. He gets a book, and the, the open it opens to that weird hallway from earlier, and he goes into this. It looked like a long corridor with a huge library, but right on a table in this library area, it looks like the Sons of Adam bylaws or something like mm-hmm. the whole understanding of this ancient order and all this so he picks it up and he's reading it meanwhile back in letty's room things are really getting hot and heavy between her and tick and then suddenly she's like you know what this doesn't feel right and tick starts getting naked and she's like um no tick it's okay and then he opens his pants and literally a snake comes out of his pants and tries to bite her and mm-hmm. it's it's like what the hell like then it becomes a weird like magical fantasy thing and, and then in tick's room yes. now now well, tick we is realize, back in his room okay that yeah. wasn't really tick yeah but the real tick is back in his room and he is fighting off um a korean woman who mm-hmm. i guess they had alluded to possibly in the first episode when he called he called over to korea and basically hung up on someone that picked up mm-hmm. um and the person that is playing this soldier is a Korean soldier, uh, a female Korean soldier. She was also the person that played the the red princess in his dream sequence in the first episode. Mm, yeah. So I know she is a character that hopefully will come back or make some sense. But he's basically um, experiencing a memory or something from his time at war and is fighting this person, like yeah. kicking her ass. Yeah, and crazy. so all this crazy stuff is going on. And what do you see? The the oh, uh, one more thing, one more thing oh. that I th- also think is very important, and I keep forgetting about this. The thing with Uncle George going into the library that was before breakfast. That was in the morning of when they yeah. were in that house. When he's in his room in the evening. <clears throat> It looks like it's a black woman that shows up out of nowhere, mm-hmm. this beam of light without, and it's not his wife. It's not no. the woman who plays Andrew, uh, whoever she plays. So then you find out, hold on, the way they're talking and he's talking about her and you heard her name before. It's yeah. actually Tick's mother. He had a picture of her yes. in the first episode. And when I remember him pulling out that picture, my first instinct was, oh, was he having an affair? Or who is this person? Right. And of course, Tick's mom is dead. So what is she doing there? And he knows, like, something's not right. You're not real. Like, why are you here? And at first, he just allows it to happen because clearly he's missed this woman. Mm-hmm. And they dance a little bit. 
And she says something weird to him, like, you can be with me always, you and everybody. Something she said, it was really kind of cryptic and strange. And that kind of broke the fantasy for him. And he was like, okay, this isn't real. You're not real. And she fades away. And then you realize all three of them are under some weird mind spell in their own room. And it cuts to a scene where I guess all the Sons of Adam members are observing them literally observing them like specimens in a yeah. zoo like watching them and going that's through a, these... that's exactly what i wrote that it made me think of the negro zoos yes like back in the day where people would just you know yes it, it was people. really <laughs> like oh my gosh i mean there, talk about on the nose so there are a couple of things i think uh we may have skipped a few things because before all this happened when um after they escaped the woods from those creatures and stuff, Tick was talking to her name is Christina, the blonde girl. Yes. He was he was talking to her and basically just talking about like, so what are y'all like witches or wizards or whatever? And um and then they, they put two and two together. They're like, Well, the clan, you know, considers themselves like the grand wizards and stuff and they implied like, oh, the clan wishes they could be like us. <laughs> right. Meaning like the clan are are um, practicing but they don't actually have the power and so again you're thinking okay well are these people really friends or foes because, yeah like are they know, racist showing them or hospitality. what yeah the uh christina's father has this like resentment uh this energy that like he he doesn't want to have to deal with them but he must and you're trying to understand why right still um during this time also there was this weird scene when Christina left the place and went back into the town because there was a cow on uh, looking like it's giving birth and they're like okay hurry up it's almost it's almost time and she runs to help uh, assist this cow giving birth and it gives gives birth to one of those creatures like a baby creature that she's um, nuzzling in her arm and I think there's a comment saying you've never um, this is your first time seeing this right or something yeah so i'm sitting here like wait a minute so the creatures are born through cows but also if they bite you you could turn into one too i really don't know the story behind the creatures other than i'm thinking that scene was to that scene as well as them showing that they control them mm-hmm. showing that these they are the makers of these creatures um, mm. through some wizardry spell or whatever so at this time, you understand that magic is an actual thing because he, um, Tick, also asked her to uh, do her do him a favor and either he gave her a choice. He said either you can do one thing, and I can't remember what that one thing are mm-hmm. it was, or you can uh, make sure they remember because she admitted that they were under a spell which made them forget those creatures, and they forgot. Right right after they left the woods and they encountered those creatures, like immediately once the creatures retreated, they forgot again. Yeah. Everyone but Tick. And I was, I don't know why Tick didn't forget, <laughs> but. Well, um, I think later on once in the, in the episode, once you find out what they're there for, it makes more yeah. sense to me as to why yeah. he, you know, wasn't under that spell. Um, yeah. But yes, they do at this point when they start to have these, weird um encounters individually in their rooms they remember all the craziness that went down so after that you find out okay 
they run out of their rooms and they realize that each other like we need to get the hell up out of here and then that butler guy comes back handsome butler man comes back and he invites the men only to dinner but it says letty you can have dinner out on the veranda it's a beautiful night blah 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 so the two men put on you know black tie attire they yeah. go down there. Of course, they stick out like a sore thumb once again because they're the only black men in the entire place. They had a table set up just for them, separate from the other guys. Um, oh, wait. Don't forget. So before they actually get to the dinner, um, when they come out of their rooms, that's when Uncle George tells tells Tick and Letty what he's read in the book and putting the pieces together that, that Tick is actually, uh, that there was a, what was it? There was a slave, that how much the, the brave white ancestor loved loved his slaves yeah and that implied that he loved them so much that he probably raped <laughs> yeah. raped some of them and impregnated one and that tick is actually an ancestor of that slave meaning that he has a birthright right to the birthright right oh that's, that's yeah <laughs> birth right to the birthrights <laughs> yeah and, and the estate like uh, not only son yeah. of adam but the whole estate itself um and yeah. then you also find out that um, when they come down to the dinner, there's there's a ceremony where apparently they're served a piece of the leader of the group because he's supposed to be a direct descendant of Adam. Um, mm-hmm. And so like Adam gave of his rib, so he gives to them. And you find out that that liver that was taken out of him was literally served up for dinner. And that's fucking mm-hmm. gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene because Tick is like, because the uncle's about to, you know, get in, and he's like, no, don't eat that. Like, just don't eat that. <laughs> it was funny. Um, anyway, Uncle George gets up and almost ceremoniously says, well, I know what y'all are doing here, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> and he's... And it's, it's, yeah. it's a little horrifying, because you're like, oh, Lord, what are you doing? Like, you're way too comfortable am- among these people that obviously... To speak out, right? (laughs) But he was correct because he read that book about all their bylaws, and he found out like I know why we're here. It's because you all believe that Tick is a direct descendant of Mister Braithwaite, and you need him for something. And if anybody is a direct descendant of him, or is um, is a direct descendant by blood, he has the right to make you all do whatever he wants to do, and. Mm Then when he jumps up and says, all right, everybody leave because I need to talk to old dude right here. Everybody gets up reluctantly and leaves. And Mm -hmm. so he talks to the guy. And do you remember what they were saying then? I don't remember exactly. I think it was a lot of, uh, they were talking about. He he like said, you have to tell me where my dad is. Yeah. 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 Um, and he also was revealing that he is um, um, Samuel Braithwright was like, well, I don't that command or you being able to command them only works because they believe they're zealots. They believe I basically am not a zealot. <laughs> right. Just, you know, I'm just here for the rewards. I don't, I don't he was showing uh, in, or indicating that he goes through the pomp and circumstance of their rituals and stuff more so for these other people, not because he believes that they're necessary. Right. And that's also why he, he kind of gives a rat, um, can give a rat's ass to about tick mm-hmm. other than just needing him for the ceremony. Right. And so I don't know exactly when they found out about the ceremony, 
but um, they do. And I was it at yeah, this it was, time when they signed up yeah. at the ceremony. Or was yeah, it a little I bit think later? They, they explained what what was. Um, I think Uncle George read about it, and so he brought it up, and they were discussing it. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, they were just like, "No, we're going to get the hell out of here because obviously, my you're not helping us find my father. Right? We know probably where he is and all that stuff. So, so yeah, they decide they're like, okay, you know what? Enough messing around. We're getting out. We're getting out of here. But before that, mm-hmm. Uncle George says, "I know that they're holding him in that stone tower in that town. That's where mm-hmm. we need to go." We need to go there and get them. And they notice that the floor, because of it's wooden or something, that means there's a cellar in there. And so they go back over there. They go down in that cellar and they see different articles of things that indicate his dad was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also escaped somehow. And it looks like he found his father, Tick's father, actually found a way to get out um by digging there was a tunnel yeah. yeah a little tunnel there by digging through the ground and the next scene is you see him popping up through the ground somewhere in the villa and uh what's the actor's name i can't remember his name oh yeah yeah, yeah um it was is he from the wire that's what i want yes. to say um yes. what's his oh name? it's so michael great. kenneth williams yes michael K. williams <laughs> amazing amazing yeah. actor like i said top-notch cast here yeah they meet him in the woods and he's like what oh my god he's so surprised that they're there and tick says why are you upset about me being here he said i didn't think you'd actually listen to a weird old note that i wrote under duress they wanted me to get you here yeah and i didn't which is why the uncle said that does that doesn't even sound like your father when he wrote it yeah in the first episode and so they're like you know what we got you let's just get all out of here they're hightailing it on the road in their car and they're like, you know, we need to just get back home, sort all this out. But before they could get out of this covered bridge, an invisible wall, literally the car runs into the wall, totaling the car again, messing them up. Yeah, it, it was spelled because yeah. they basically can't escape. Yeah. The wizards. Yeah, no. Oh, craziness. Once again, sundown towns, it seems like, mm-hmm. you know. So the guy pulls up, he and his daughter pull up, he's got a gun, he shoots Letty, Letty dies. And then before he shoots anybody else, he says, look, Tick, you have a choice to make. On who else, who else, who else can live. Can live. <laughs> and then you see him shoot something else, it jump cuts, and he is, Tick is now being prepared for this ceremony, whatever this ceremony <laughs> is, Okay. And he can see through, once again, that magic spell of, you know, observing through a magic window that um, Letty and his uncle, Letty's dead. She's on the couch, just knocked out dead. And um, Uncle George, having been shot, is on the bed and hasn't died, but he is dying. And apparently the guy said, if you do this ceremony for me, then I will heal both of your family members. But well, you got to do the ceremony he already, first. He already promised to heal Letty because he... He she, promised she, to heal him, but as he had to go through the ceremony. But I thought she was revived before he even started the ceremony. But he, he promised, like, I will heal your uncle as well after the ceremony. Yeah. 
craziness. Yeah, you're so right. You're right. Basically, just showing that. his power that I'm able to do this. So I will, I will help you out with your uncle as long as you complete the ceremony. And of course, sticks like you ain't got to tell me twice. Right. And this is you the know? sad thing. This is the thing about the whole thing I was thinking about during this um, scene was how we're just always seem to be used as pawns yeah. in rich people's yeah. schemes. Um, yeah. Not just white people, but rich people too. Like, it's just a thing where they just the don't zoos. look at us as human, but like specimens to be used to toward yeah. their own ends. And they just don't care what happens to us and our families. And it's, it's just, it's all, it's using. And that's, that's a note that I wrote that ticks blood is needed just like uh, the blood and sweat and tears of the slaves were needed. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like, it's always, we're, we're always being utilized for, to benefit them yeah <laughs> or someone else yeah and yeah and it it made me sad once again i was like oh this is this sucks but hopefully he'll get through this and be fine right yeah um so apparently the what the ceremony is about is once again he's trying to literally open the door to eden and get back to a total paradise before eve and mm-hmm. before eve could mess up anything and him and all of the sons of adam followers are ready to get this ceremony underway. Tick is put in the center of this weird stone thing. And there's a, a door, almost like a Stonehenge t- kind of archetype of a door. That yeah, doorway. Yeah. yeah. So once the ceremony begins through his blood, he's literally transforming this archway into a portal that, you know, is spewing out all of this, like, glorious um woodwork and stuff and it looks like he's literally opening the door to eden uh but it's also taking a toll on tick's body clearly it's as painful for him uh but because his blood is needed they're willing to let him basically die in order for this door to open but when this is happening he sees (laughs) a pregnant black woman who he immediately recognizes and the audience recognizes as his slave ancestor yeah. who was impregnated by Braithwaite, the original Braithwaite. And she's literally standing in the center of this doorway. Only he can see her. All the other people can't see her. And as they're, you know, chanting and doing this whole ceremony, she is looking at him almost like a blessed mother. Like they made yes. it look like she was, you know, very um mother mary like in in the symbolism you know yeah and kind of like there's there's this unspoken communication between them where you see this change happen in him instead of now his life force being drained it's like he's understanding how to control this power that he has yeah he's on yeah he's he's not allowing himself to be a pawn anymore right And the more they chant, the more powerful he becomes. And suddenly the spell breaks in a, in a crazy way. All of the sons of Adam, including the Braithwaite, uh, Mr. Braithwaite are immediately turned to stone and ash. Um, Mm -hmm. The entire estate starts collapsing and burning down. And she is leading him through the through this through the uh, fire and all the rubble crashing around him to safety to get out. 
Um, at the same time, Letty and his dad and all them, they're just like, okay, we need to get out too because clearly something went wrong. Something's wrong. We need to just get out. So they yeah. all make it out alive. And mm, well, but let's see. They all make it out alive. <laughs> he gets to the car and he's surprised to see Letty alive. He's so yeah. happy. But then he, she looks all forlorn and sad. And then he realizes, oh crap, we didn't get to save Uncle George. Yeah. And he dies in the car. And when I tell you. Oh, I saw your post. Oh, my God. (laughs) Broke my heart in two. I said, what? Not Uncle George. And what made me really, really sad was, first of all, acting 100% top notch. Yeah. Tick is looking at his uncle through the window not wanting to believe that the man is dying in front of his eyes. And when he does die, he says two things. He says, dad, first of all, cries dad. Then he Mm -hmm. cries uncle George, right? Yeah. So for me, I had a, I have a feeling that he said dad, but he really wasn't talking to his dad. He so was, they implied that earlier yeah. when the uncle when the uncle was shot and he was laying in the bed, the father, uh, Tick's father was like, you know, uh, I think cradled with him or something. Mm-hmm. And they were having a conversation implying that Tick's like that Tick's father always knew about his mother and Uncle George. Yeah. And that there was a possibility that Tick wasn't even his son. Yeah. So, yeah, they did imply that. and Which yeah. I thought was very powerful because to him, Uncle George was like a father. Because yeah. his dad apparently was abusive and neglectful. And just a drunk. That and, was and a drunk, yeah. So, in and out. So uh, he was, in Tick's yeah. eyes, like a father, but literally was his father. Yeah. And so that was just, it was a whole lot. I It was a very powerful way to end yeah. the episode. And of course, with the credits, you hear Whitey's on the moon. Yeah. And Let me tell you this note that I wrote okay. kind of during this whole scene, like once the ceremony scene and everything. The second that he saw his ancestor through that portal and she just kind of gave him this like, she didn't even have to nod yeah. or shake her head, but you knew that's what she, she's like, uh-uh, not today. I put ancestor said, nope, okay, <laughs> And she and that's when his little energy burst, uh, you know, turned them into ash and brought down the house literally. Mm. And she led them to safety. And I was just like, yes, our ancestors, you know, that's so, that's the thing. And here's that- what's interesting is that um, the butler dude was telling them when he was giving them a tour through the estate that there was a quote accident in the original estate and that the estate they're in was kind yes. of like a replica. And yes. apparently the original Braithwaite tried this ceremony at the time as well. Probably yeah. on her. Maybe. Because she was yeah. the only one to, quote, survive this fire and the estate, you know, basically going up in ash. And then it just happened. It happens again that she literally her spirit comes back for you know, tick and saying, no, you're going to survive this too. 
I didn't even pick that up, but that you are correct. I yeah. forgot that he was talking about that. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, come on, if that doesn't make you feel powerful, like I know a lot of, I know a lot of us black people are uh, religious in terms of that, but in terms of spirituality and understanding and feeling like we have a connection to our ancestors in a very powerful way. Um, I've seen a lot more themes of that yeah. in, in uh, recent uh, vampire diaries for one. Well, not just vampire diaries, <laughs> but um, in different stories, not just dealing with um, with fantasy, just different things. That, you yeah, know? you're right. You're right. Dealing with the fact that, look, we have our own birthright to a lot of different things. And the fact that African-Americans generally are starting to understand that and and lean on that more, whether they're mm-hmm. spiritual or not, uh, is a really powerful thing. And understanding so, that we have a birthright and a place in American history more than just being slaves to an entire class of people is is really powerful to me. So there's one thing um, I wanted to point out, and I have to I I need to fact check this myself because I've only saw it in one source, but uh, and maybe this came from the book, but they call Tick Atticus. Um, Turner which on the show his name is Freeman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Atticus Freeman and um, the source I saw was saying that he was actually a descendant of Nate Turner um, Nat Turner, who led the, uh, Nat Turner yeah. yeah who led the rebellion and so I was thinking like wow like that it, it, this moment where basically he leads to this this destruction not only of this um, estate but the the sons of Adam and all that is like reflecting a, a, another ancestor of his, mm. um, this whole rebellion. And I, again, I don't know if that's actually true. I have to double check that to see if that may have come from the book and maybe a difference from the show. But I thought that was kind of dope if that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, another point was that um, I had a feeling in episode one that Uncle George was going to die early or at least you die did because I yeah, didn't. So there was a scene near the end of that episode uh, when he's on the phone with Anjanu mm-hmm. <laughs> Hippoletta. And he he basically is like, you know, honey, when I get back, let's go for that ride. You know, like, I want you to come oh, out on the road with me. You're right. And that's just setting it up because now, now you're invested in him. You're invested in his safe return because you know that's what she really wanted to do and how much that will make her happy and how... How, and he, I think he said that right after looking at a picture of Tick's mom. Yeah. Because that stood out to me that I was like, who is this woman that kind of would invoke that? That 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 makes me think there is some form of guilt mm-hmm. behind that. And that, you know, maybe I'm going to I'm gonna put my focus on my wife and, and because I know how life is precious or whatever. You know and what? So, that was a bit of foreshadowing too, because her yeah. reaction to him saying that was not one was of happy. Like, she wasn't happy and like, yeah, I can't wait. She was kind of like sad that he it would was, even suggest that because in it the, was a little bit of both. It was almost like a beautiful, she was like overjoyed and sad at the same time, which was, it was a, a very interesting moment. No, I couldn't read was, what she was thinking at Cicely, first. Cicely, was this in, I think that was in the first episode. Yeah. No, that yeah, was the first okay. episode when, yeah. she, when he said that to her. And, she just took the phone down and kind of put it on her chest. But I thought she did that because she was like, 
oh my god he finally no like he's giving me something i've always wanted yeah but to see in the beginning of the episode she wanted to go too yeah and the reason why his reasoning was that it's so dangerous yeah that i don't want anything to happen to you at all like oh you know what i mean because he was like not that i don't want you to come because i know like you write the majority of the stuff in the travel guide um but because it's so 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 dangerous like i wouldn't be able to live with myself if something were to happen to you or whatever and the fact that he had changed his tune Mm -hmm. was telling to her i feel like that just meant like he may not return he may not return right and oh my gosh i I didn't even catch that foreshadowing. And that's for me, I was actually surprised that he died so early in the series, but I also feel like he may come back as like a, I hope a ancestor kind of situation, but we'll see. Um, you never know. Episode never three this know. Sunday. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Oh, this is a lot. After that, it felt like, wow, those were just two episodes. It felt like a whole season was, yeah. was just covered in those two episodes. And I'm like, where did they go from here? Like, it's a lot going on this is that writing i was telling you about hbo HBO has really been um creative really been that yeah yeah and as of recent they've really been on this creativity tip where they're giving these creatives a lot of freedom to really go there in the art and i'm so Mm -hmm. excited about it um yeah so there we go that is our discussion and recap of episode two whitey's on the moon of lovecraft country oh wow i man i I can't wait i just can't wait the scenes for next week i it just feels like it's just a whole new um a whole new adventure but still probably continuing a lot of the stuff um uh that the outcome of what happened in episode two but yes i'm excited (laughs) um I think we need to do the popcorn ratings right fast because for this episode, yes. No, yes. not for the episode. We, no. We're gonna do the. I feel like we should do a popcorn rating for the whole series, the whole season, towards okay. the end. Okay. And All then right. we can we can still go back and do the popcorn ratings for episode, but I feel like a whole series deserves a thing. No, um, that's true. That's true. But, but yeah. Okay. But what else have you been watching? All right. So to follow the theme of hbo goodness oh my goodness and i feel like we need to kind of dedicate i don't know if you watch this series if you haven't i know what you're about to talk about go ahead yes i want to i want to do a whole i want to follow the series again like i just finished finished it but i want to rewatch it and i wouldn't mind um doing it doing a recording per episode or we can just talk about the whole show but uh may i destroy you oh my oh God. no i may Written- destroy you I may destroy yeah. you. May I destroy uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> May I destroy you? <laughs> and that's that's funny after you see the show that makes it even more funny yeah. to kind of put it in that way. Have you watched it? I have not. But I oh I'm hearing really, really good things about it from all kinds of places. So I will start I that soon. I can't tell you how good this is. And I saw the finale last night mm-hmm. and 
chills, chills. Like it just got me so giddy and I was, I was so ready to talk about it. The thing um, with, uh, so the show is created, written, created and starred by Michaela Coel, mm-hmm. Coel, uh, who you may know her from Chewing Gum, um, a series, a uh, very Great hilarious series. series. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was also on another Netflix show, oh, a more serious show. I can't think of the name. Uh, but it was dealing with uh, uh, genocide in Africa. And, uh, yes, I, uh, that was also an excellent stuff. series too. So this show, I, um, I'm just going to give overall kind of topic, not because uh, even if you know what it's about, you still need to watch it because you don't know how good it can be to right. do. But it's basically a show about sexual assault mm. and um, you know people not only experiencing it, recovering recovering from it recognizing it because it shows sexual assault in different forms that kind of challenges what you believe as oh that wasn't okay Mm -hmm. you know type thing um and kind of the journey the individual journey her character who's named arabella goes through but also like some of the ancillary characters um being a support system to it witnessing it their own their uh recognizing forms that they may have experienced of it in their past just in dating um so just a wonderful series it's 12 episodes um but it's i compare her a little bit to Issa ray mm. of insecure they feel very similar in their type of like very independent writing mm-hmm. where they don't necessarily fit the standard format as, okay, you, you see what's going to happen or how their characters are. Mm-hmm. But I feel that she is where Issa Rae has not reached yet. And not necessarily um, that Issa Rae is not capable of reaching there is that I feel like Issa Rae may, may have more constraints with um, uh, studios and networks and like kind of keeping her in a certain lane. Hmm. Whereas, uh, Michaela seems like she is she has the freedom to show them this is what you let me do when you don't put restraints on me right um so I, but both of them like their writing and and the character development and the acting my god uh i i'm comparing her to the chick from um now i can't remember that show orphan black Oh yeah, um, who had to play so many different versions, uh, clone clones of herself. So mm-hmm. I compare her to that. However, she's playing this one character, but that character is so dynamic that in one scene, like you can see just from a, like a two second change in expression, a whole year's worth of like thought and pain and, and processing and unpacking going on just within that expression. It was like, wow. Yeah. And she's a, a powerhouse of a performer. Yes. Yeah. And I very, very underrated. And I hope she gets an Emmy for this. She better not for just writing, but acting all of it. I, I need, <laughs> I need goodness to come from the show. So I'm still on this high from watching it. Nice. And I really, really, really need you to watch it because I think we got to dedicate some time to okay. talking about this. I will. I'll start it yes. tomorrow. Uh, so popcorn ratings, yes. Uh, very, very extra large butter with extra butter. Oh, man. And, you know, maybe some salt. <laughs> and some, some salt. salt, you know, layered in or something. <laughs> yes. Nice. That's exciting. So what mm-hmm. have you been watching that's been a waste of your time? Or do you not even waste your time? Uh, 
there's a lot there's a lot of <laughs> shows that I like started and I just put down so I will say those are a waste of my time I haven't been really investing but um again these are uh, Netflix shows that now the thing is uh Netflix will have that bar that says like top 10 in the U.S. today so of course you're like oh what are people watching maybe I should watch it too they're watching crap <laughs> so <laughs> I started watching I think it was um warrior nun mm. i wanted to watch it because i saw the little previews for it i was like okay this looks a little interesting you know like fantasy and and kind of buffy vampire slayerish i don't know yeah man I, I watching that first episode i felt like it's the cw like i felt like i'm i am and i like young adult you know shows and mm-hmm. movies but when they take serious topics and they still try to make it about oh, isn't he so cute? I have a crush on this boy. And it's just like the silly, the silly teenage brain. Yeah. Um, dealing with these very, very, very adult themes. Uh, I just am like, yeah, it's too cheesy in like Dawson's Creek <laughs> for me. So yeah. I, I turned that off quickly. And I, it was one of those that I was like, maybe I can kind of just pick up hair every now and then because there wasn't a lot out at that moment, but I just couldn't. Okay. No. Can't get into it. <laughs> I hear you. So, uh, rating for that a little um, complimentary cup of popcorn, <laughs> not even <laughs> a small, just a little kitty pack oh of popcorn with a sprinkle of salt. Yeah, because at least I watched about thirty minutes of it, so that's something. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so um, first thing I want to mention about what I was watching, have watched, um, that I actually enjoyed. There's a show on Netflix called The Politician. Okay. Um, It is starring Ben Platt, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Lange, um, a whole bunch of people that you've seen either in Mm -hmm. TV or on Broadway or whatever. And it follows the story of this teenager played by Ben Platt, who, you know, they come from means in this like swanky, almost like like a Malibu, California type thing. He is running for student body president. Um, There's two seasons of it out. And you see as the series goes along how he has so much ambition. He, He his ultimate ambition is to become president of the United States. And because he's a person of means, like you can absolutely see that happening for him, but it shows all of the things that he is willing to go through, put himself through uh, people and, and ideas and things that he's willing to exploit to get to where he wants to be. Of course, it's got some comedy. It's got some drama. Um, it's got really good acting. It's It's got a diverse cast, as diverse as it can be for someone who is, you know, very upper class, rich, white male. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it is worth watching, not just because Ben Platt is a, you know, he's like a triple threat, so to speak, but it's got an interesting cast and the theme of it is it's it's a it's a it's a feel it's a story we've seen before how someone's willing to like you know do whatever just to get to the top 
Um, so if you're into stuff like that, if you're into stories like that, this will satiate your need for this. Yeah, but it looked interesting. I remember seeing little clips of it and it looked silly. Did yeah, it, it's, was it's it not... always on Netflix yes. or was it ever on network TV? No, it was always on Netflix. I think that it confused me because it reminded me of another show that I think came on network TV that may have only lasted a season if at all. Um, that was like, um, but no, the star of that show, I think was, um, he was a black male that was like the mayor of a town. And okay. he was a teenager or something. Right. What was it, that show? it gives you a bit of, it gives you a bit of veep type vibes, mm-hmm. but a little more, a little more drama involved in it. Okay. Um, but it's good. I liked it. Um, uh, first season and second season, first season, he's still in high school. He's about to graduate. He's a senior second season. He's actually, um, living in New York and decides to run for a local election. So it's really interesting. I liked it. I'm giving it a, um, medium with butter. Um, yeah, it was worth it. I thought like it was worth it. I was actually looking forward to the second season when it was released. Um, what was a waste of my time? So because we were all, you know, not being able to do much, I decided to go back as far back as I could and start watching series that so many people used to rave about Mm -hmm. and, and see what all the hype was about. One of those was a show called the Tudors starring Jonathan Reese. I love the Tudors. Girl stop. Oh my God. Don't say that. And I will say this. I watched every season. Okay. I watched every episode of every season. It couldn't have been that bad then. But I wanted to give it a chance. I really wanted to give Come it a on. chance. Come on. If you're giving something a chance, you don't watch the whole thing. If okay. you finish the series, you like some of it. I, of course I liked some of it, but I didn't. I still felt like watching the entire thing was a waste uh, of my time. Because, really? But I, I will say this. I will say this. It's because it was put out on network TV at a time where you couldn't binge watch stuff. Oh, So okay. it was written... For it to have cliffhangers and stuff for every single yeah. episode, it was written to be long drawn out, right? It was not something that was bingeable. No, I, I will say I could see that. I got bored like at almost every episode. Like season three, I'm like, come on, more of this, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh. we know this guy is insane. Like history well, tells us you, this man was insane. Do you insane. like period pieces? Because I, I, I do love. Like- period pieces I do that's why I started watching it because I was like this is gonna you know satisfy that period drama that I need you know that thing in me that I feel like I need but I again it got old real fast I feel like there were some seasons that were better than others um I don't I to me I guess I saw it differently because I'm not seeing it as like a dramatic show it's a historical um uh, re- like a story yeah. you know it's, it's based off of actual history of course yeah. it's a little dramatic here or there but um and so it's more me I saw it as more like a dramatic reenactment of history <laughs> instead of I it get it I totally a, get it yeah. but like, once again because for me it was written to be so drawn out and all these yeah like, I could definitely understand that. all these side stories of things and i was just getting sick of folks doing dumb stuff <laughs> and i'm like i know this stuff happened in history or whatever but i'm tired of it i'm over it Ugh. 
I, no. I definitely am biased because not only do I love period pieces, I and I feel so like I've lost my black card for saying this, but for some reason I love like English monarchy period pieces because they did some fucked up stuff and they that, did but some they weren't messed up exclusive stuff. with that. So but I don't know see, why. And that's fine. I'm into it too. So again, like I said, I watched the whole. I watched all the seasons, all the episodes, but at the end, I felt like, why did I even do that? That was a waste of my time. I didn't, I already know what happened in history. Yeah. And the way they told it to me, it wasn't worth the watch after a while. So they could have ended it like after three seasons, but they didn't. They just kept going. (laughs) So I was like, all right, whatever. Um, I'll give it. I'll give it a small popcorn, but I'm giving it with butter only because um, Jonathan Reese Myers is is hot. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say he's a great actor. No, no, he's just he's, hot. Just he's hot. not really good of an actor to me. He's just hot. He plays uh, pompous entitlement very well. He does, but <laughs> I've seen pompous entitlement done better, in my opinion. Okay, but okay, hey, he's hot. And he, he's hot. He, so he fits got a little the butter. he fits the whole narrative with that. So that was he got fine. A little spritz of butter. I also, if you like period pieces, I will give one honorable mention to a series that I actually like. Um, what's it called? Hold on. I was just watching it. Oh, Outlander. Oh, yes. That's my show. Yeah, oh, Outlander's great. Outlander show. is actually great. I love it. Uh, and it made me start reading the books because I love it so much. Oh, but the wow. first season, the mostly. Books. The first season. Like, the rest of it is good. I'm, I actually haven't finished the last season because it's just kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have that fire the first season had. But, yeah, it's a good series. So this is what I'm, I'm wondering now. Going mm-hmm. forward, now that we have access to on-demand content, why are writers still writing series to be drawn out? And, you know, like we, we as an audience, while we're also a little more intelligent in our observing of media, we mm-hmm. also, a lot of us have shorter attention spans mm-hmm. and we get the idea of a scene or a sequence of scenes very quickly now. And so I'm on, I'm, I'm on season four I haven't watched season five yet of Outlander. And like you said, some of these episodes are just drawn out for no reason. But again, they were released on television first. They were released on the networks first. Mm -hmm. And they were released once a week. You know, every episode was released once a week. So maybe that's why they're still writing like that. But eventually we knew it was going to come to on demand. So why are you still writing things that way now? Yeah, but you're starting to see that now where um, when they are releasing a whole series, they they don't even have like a, a standard episode count as we always know it. Like we even th- we either think if it's 30 minute show, it'll probably have, you know, over 10 episodes. If it's an hour show, at least 10 episodes. Now it's like they write. And they make as many episodes that fit the actual story. So it may be just six episodes and that's enough yeah. <laughs> to tell it. So I feel like we're slowly kind of getting to where it's hopefully the focus is more on the story instead of the, the you know, let's draw it out to fit into a whole hour 
you know, our yeah. 45 minutes without commercials. Or <laughs> why are we still doing 12 episodes? Do eight or 10 and make yeah. them really, really good. Yeah. You know, no more than three seasons. And you know, give them, us something to miss. You know, it's probably a financial decision because with with not needing sponsors, like if you're releasing things on Netflix, you're not really using sponsors because you don't have commercials and stuff. Uh-huh. And so a lot of shows that use sponsors stick to this format so they're able to incorporate the sponsorship, um, you know, commercials or whatever mm. ads within this format. So it's like the, the um, financial benefit of network TV has created, you know, this particular format that everyone follows but once you have these streaming apps that kind of break that mold they they can write their own plan on how they want stories told we don't have commercial breaks (laughs) so we can just focus on like here's a whole story arc how are we going to divide it um and and have the audience anticipation grow but not get bored with it very interesting yeah, it's this whole psychology of streaming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm interesting. I'm into it. I'm so excited. Well, thank you for talking with me about this amazing series, Lovecraft Country. And um hopefully this next episode is gonna give us even more of what we need. I'm excited. Um, yes. I can't yes. wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And remember, you can find us, um, and you probably have found us, on Anchor and right now on Spotify. We should be on some other platforms soon, but you can always check us out, um, at least there, as well as our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all the social media pages. We have even a link that if you want to leave a voicemail comment, if you have questions, you can email us. If you want us to, if you have a question that you want us to discuss, let us know. We What's the email, featured. Cicely? Oh, I'm sorry. Our <laughs> email. <laughs> you can email us at real, that's R-E-E-L dot snobs at gmail.com. And the link to all of our social media, email, and um, um, the link to send, leave a voicemail can be found on our Anchor page. That's anchor.fm backslash real snobs. Yay. Have a good night, sis. Talk to you later. You too. Bye. Bye.